Welcome to season two of No Shelf Control, the podcast with books, booze, and banter hosted by authors for readers, because let's face it, we're all bookworms at heart. This season, we're chatting about book-to-screen adaptations and trending book talk books. I'm Lindsay Sparks. And I'm Lindsay Polk. Grab a cocktail, kick back, and enjoy the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so predictable. Uh, I had a, I know, I was like trying to read it slowly. slowly. (laughs) It's like the last tab. I've everything else ready, but (laughs) what else is funny too is how many times have we read that and I still don't have any of it memorized whatsoever. None at all. None at all. Anyways, all right. Yeah, sorry. Um, Hi everyone. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Welcome to season two, episode eighteen of the No Shelf Control show. I guess it's not just a podcast. Um, for this book talk inspired episode, we read Guild by Raven Kennedy, which is all over book talk, bookstagram. There's tons of fan art. Um, I really wanted to read this one personally because I was so confused by some of the fan art. I was like, what is going on with these ribbons? Oh, okay. So <clears throat> I am glad to have that clarified. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but before we get into the book, tell me what you're drinking. It looks warm and cozy. Yeah. Um, I'm so tired. I was like, just go for the warmth. So, anyways, <laughs> I have tea tonight. Um, and can I just tell you, I have so much tea in my house, it's ridiculous that hardly any of it is decaffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> it took me like the longest it took me to get ready for this was getting my picking out my tea. Finding a tea. Um, yeah. So I just I decided on a lemon lavender mint. Mm, that sounds so, delicious. Anyways, yeah, and it's just it's warm and cozy, and hopefully it'll help me sleep tonight. How about you? I also have I don't have tea, but I should have made tea because I'm cold. And oh yeah, it would be nice to have my hands wrapped around it. But um, I was gonna say I have tons of like random tea, and one day I got sick of like it like exploding everywhere you know like there's just like bags of random stuff Mm -hmm. anyway so I went through and I like organized it by caffeinated and decaffeinated so then all my decaf stuff was all in one spot that's really helpful that was I hardly drink decaffeinated so I was like oh I'm sure I I have some somewhere I know I just get on like little tea tears sometimes and I'm like I you know you just it's like habits form so easily and all of a sudden I'm drinking tea every night and Mm -hmm. I don't know um, I'm just drinking water. Yeah. I'm boring. Sorry. Right. I have water too. So we'll be twinsies. <clears throat> I do now regret that I did not make tea. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll stop drinking it. Well, no, I won't. don't. <laughs> I have extra in my tiny little teapot. I wish I could share it with you. <laughs> I love teapots. <laughs> um, anyway, um, what are you working on currently? Um, what am I working on? Uh, today I launched for Patreon peeps, uh, that initial, uh, darkest winter draft that I keep talking about that I found, I read through it and I decided I'm doing this whole annotated series of works that I have that are probably never going to be made into books, but I know readers would be really interested to read them. So I'm going through and, um, I'm reading like, it feels like reading for the first time. So it's mm-hmm. like really mortifying actually. And sometimes hilarious. And it's just kind of like this whirlwind of emotions, but, um, anyway, I've been, um, so I've been reading through them and then annotating them as I go and cleaning them up a little bit, but I'm not like make de- like if there's not great character development, I'm not doing, you know, I'm just like mm-hmm. commenting on it. I'm not like actually, you know, making it sparkle or anything. So Anyway, um, that's been really fun. And so um, I launched the uh, the early version of The Darkest Winter today for a Patreon peep. So um, we'll see. It just went out right now. So we'll see how, uh, how it goes for everybody tomorrow. And I think that's really fun. I really enjoy I think one of the things I really love about my Patreon serials is that like they're minimally revised. Like I write them and then I read through them once and they like I add some like details and stuff like that. But it's like, it's fun to give people the like purest, rawest version of the story before it's been like really mm-hmm. chewed on and thought about. And and it's just like, like straight what came up, like vomited from your brain kind of. Yeah. And that just feels like exposed 
first off, because it's like, what if it's just like a bunch of weird stuff that came out of your brain? Because sometimes that's what happens with mine. But it's also like really interesting to be able to share that part of like your hidden inner secret self with other people that, yeah, you know, I really yeah. like <clears throat> So I did that today. Um, I actually worked on that when I was in Costa Rica, but I got it all like, like it all planned out and that sort of thing. So that's fun and that's off my plate and um I'm excited to I think I'm gonna do rect next. Um, which I haven't told anybody, but I guess I'm telling everybody who's listening. Um, Are you never gonna release that? I think I'm going to at some point, but for now I might as well I haven't read it through it in like five years or whatever when I wrote it. So I might as well read through it and see like what can what do I want to do with it, you know? Yeah. Especially that's if fun. I'm launching launching this romance pen name, I could still do like historical romance, or do I want to turn it into a post-apocalyptic adventure? Because I could totally do that too. Yeah. So anyways, I don't know. We'll see. I need to read through it. Um, but yeah. Um, and then uh what else am I doing? I have been working on all my Scarlet stuff. Um, so I'll start I'll actually be talking to everybody more about that next time. And um yeah, I feel like I'm just getting situated, as you know, and I'm sure everyone else knows I have not been home for like three weeks. So yeah. Um just long this, <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get uh kind of grounded um in life, not just the work, but like life again. Um so that's kind of been mo- what my week is. But um I know you'll appreciate this because I know you you're obviously very active on Discord and um I've always had Discord and I know I've mentioned that before, but I've never really embraced it. And um, I have been doing that with my readers. And so I think you and I talked about this. I don't think it was on the podcast, but just in general, how it's even when you were on Facebook, like Discord is just more immediate. It's you you feel like more inspired to talk to readers yeah. and it's easier. And, you know, so I've been it's funny because, you know, leading up to coming in here to record and stuff, I was going back and forth with a reader who was posting like all these she had just read um sea of storms and so she's like oh my god i need to know about the queen i don't i have all these like theories and all this stuff and she's like wants to know about she's like how much she hates new london and she has all these questions because she never i guess she didn't start with a city of ruins so i was like oh so yeah you have some you you, don't worry you have more more material to read you'll answer (laughs) some of your questions and stuff but so we've just been going back and forth and it's just fun it's like this really gratifying it's just so easy like posts and comments aren't getting hidden or they're not getting moved yeah. in they're not and it feels like, like it's like a really casual conversation yeah like it's casual really but also intimate it's like it's like it's a chat it's not like comments yeah. on a post it's like you're chatting with them and i've had some yeah. of the members of my discord before been like oh my god it's really you i'm talking to you and i'm like i'm just me <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking about that today because um, there's a lot of the readers on there. I don't actually know which readers they are because everyone has a handle. I know. So there is that. I'm like, who am I talking to right now that's, you know, is it somebody that I talk to all the time on Facebook? Is it a reader that I haven't, you know, talked to a lot? Like, I don't know. It's just really kind of just a whole different experience that I'm really enjoying, too. So, yeah. How about you? What are you working on? I am in the middle of revisions of Darkness Between the Stars, the second book in the Fateless trilogy. Um, and I'm really loving it. I am my, I think I talked about this. I can't remember what I talked about a month ago because it was a month ago. <laughs> but um, this a revision process is a little different for me. Um, I am, because I, this book has one main point of view, but then it has two other secondary point of views and they each have six chapters. Um, whereas the main point of view has like, 36 or something like that. Uh, But anyway, so I'm revising the main point of view, which I have already written all of her chapters. And then I'm also writing the secondary chapters, which I know I told you, but listeners don't know. Um, And that's been really fun. One of the point of views is my favorite point of view to write, which is Nick. He's like my favorite character. So those are always really easy chapters to write because his voice resonates so well with you. Yeah, it really does. Um, I feel like it's the same with Kat, like both of them. Like they're just like so. What is the word like? Irreverent. <laughs> but it like fits my inner voice perfectly. Oh. So. Um, but also, uh, I revealed to my patrons to today, this morning, 
I wrote her first chapter. So I am writing for this book, a point of view that I've never written before, not even for like bonuses or anything, which is a set who is Nick's mom. Um, and, uh, Haru's sister. She's, uh, a big character, but she's never had like her own story told. Although we do know a lot of her story from other characters and it's like kind of awful, the things that have happened to her, but it's been amazing. I got to slip into her head for the first time this morning and it was so exciting. She, I am learning about myself since being a mother that I really love the mother telling the mother characters like voices um, it's like very therapeutic for me, for me and all of my anxieties, <laughs> but, um, being able to get into a set's head and she's Nick's mom. She had him as a teenager. Um, and they're both like four or 5,000 years old. So they've been, their bond is extremely strong and they've been like spent like pretty much their entire lives together. Um, and so it's really interesting just like I was sobbing as I was writing this chapter, like just like ugly, ugly crying as I'm writing mm-hmm. it because it's like some like. I love that. Yeah, I was I, and I was then I was like pausing and I was talking on discord <laughs> to, to my assistant and she's like, oh, I'm not ready for this. And then, um, t- Yeah, it was just. I really enjoyed it. It was very therapeutic. (laughs) So it's um, a traumatic chapter, emotionally damaging, but it has a happy ending. The chapter, I mean, it's like, it seems like it's going to be terrible, but you get to really feel her inner turmoil, um, which is nice because usually she's so like composed and poised and like just together. So that is what I'm working on right now. Um, And it's fun. fun. It's been fun. It is. I mean, you know how it is when, well, I guess it's different for you because you usually change up your main characters from book to book, but it's like, sometimes I just get a little bit bogged down with the same character no, voice, yeah, I get it. you know, for so long. <laughs> so that's been refreshing to explore the story from other point of views. So, well, and I think that's kind of how we were with ending series too, right? It's like, we did wrote the same characters <clears throat> Um, pretty much the whole time yeah. we had a couple extras in there, but then those were third person. So it was different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to change it up and yeah, I get it. it. Is. Yeah. And like true to form, of course, everybody is in first person. So I'm just like, I don't care. I know people get confused. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, I don't think I'm working on anything else other than my normal like Patreon stuff, but that's if I talked about that every time, I'd be talking about it every time. So yeah. Um, what are you reading right now? Well, I um read a lot actually on my trip. Nice. And um the only thing that I'm gonna mention, the only book that I think I mean, there are some good ones, but the one that is really worth mentioning is um have you ever heard of the gentleman's guide to vice and virtue? Like maybe it sounds kind of familiar. Um, it's it's a, a LGBT romance story, um, but it's like historical, so it's really fun. And it's not like super steamy romance or anything. It's more kind of YA, but it's um, it's about this young man who goes um, on tour, like before he becomes of age, he goes you know around Europe and stuff, travels the continent and stuff, and um he goes on all these adventures and uh, the characters are really well-developed. The They're all really lovable. The writing's really witty and just flows really well. And I'm sure this person must live like she must, she, the way she writes British people, she's got to be like, she, she, she can't possibly be like American or something. She just does it <laughs> far too well. Very so, authentic. Um, yeah, for sure. So anyways, uh, it was just really fun. Um, it was just like a really fun adventure. And um, so it's free on Prime. So anybody who um, loves beautiful writing and witty characters, fun characters, adventure, that sort of thing, um, definitely check it out um, because it's a free read and it's really worth it. So do you on the top of your head know the author's name? Yeah. Um, her name is Mackenzie Lee. And I did not listen to it, but I did listen to the sample 
uh, because I was just curious and the narrator sounds really good. So. All right. And then the, his sister has a book that I want to read next. Um, and it's called like the lady's guide to pirates and petticoats or something like that. Oh, I have seen, I think I've seen that on, um, bookstagram a little bit. They went, they, this series has won a ton of awards. So I think in, uh, the, this book, the gentleman's guide to vice and virtue was I think 2017 or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they, it's won a ton of awards. It's really good. So that's fun. Anyway. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a fun, um, heartwarming, cute love story. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, I recommend it. What about you? I am still reading um, The Hollows by Kim Harrison. So I want to say I'm on White Witch, Black Curse, or I don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not going to look it up. It's got to be like book seven or something. Yeah. So, um, I can't remember if I said this last time or not, but I I feel like I didn't. I skipped over, I think, book four or five. I don't know. But they randomly switched up the narrator. I remember you saying that. Okay, yeah. Because the narrator is Marguerite Gavin for the entire series, except for one book that they randomly switched it up. And I didn't even give it a chance. I don't know if the narration was, like, decent if I hadn't been so used to Marguerite Gavin's voice for Rachel and all the characters. Um, So I'm not going to, like, say that the narrator is bad or anything like that. But I do not understand why they would ever do that. Like, Mm. For one book. I mean... And it's like a random one in the middle? Yeah. Huh. It's like early on. It's it's either four or five, and this is like a still. 17 book series. And all of the other books are narrated by Marguerite and Gavin. Hmm. So... Yeah, I wonder why they did that. I knew, and they and they must have... That, that audiobook must not have sold well, or they must have had like outrage because they immediately went back to her. But I know also that Kim Harrison throughout that series switched publishers a little bit. So I wonder if that was the problem. Mm. But it just, I I don't think that there's very many audiobook listeners who are okay with it. Like, like you get really attached to the voices, you know? It's just weird. It's like they didn't understand that people care. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, um, it's one thing if you if your audiobook person is booked out for like a year or something and you're an indie and you're like, well, I can't wait a year. But if you're like a big publishing house, I feel like they would take priority. Yeah. So it probably isn't that. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. At least get another really amazing narrator. Again, not saying that this person was not great, but I did. I listened. I was like, I listened to the intro credits and I was like, that is not the right person. And then I immediately looked at the reviews and I was like all these bad reviews like of people saying like what please go back to marguerite gavin like all this stuff and i was like it kind of sucks for that narrator huh because yeah it does run into a bad situation then yeah you can't really win yeah because like by book four or five like these are very vivid characters marguerite gavin is great at giving characters their own voices and stuff and it's like i can't go then and listen to somebody else's version of that it just isn't going to be the same character yeah so i don't know well, anyway so i skipped it and i am continuing on with that series of course it's my comfort read so i don't even need to like think about it while i'm listening i can kind of zone out nice that's yeah. nice because i feel like i've been zoning out a lot lately i'm like Ugh, wait what did i miss <laughs> i did like, have to re-listen to the end of guild the the not the midas chapter but the right at the very end of the Aaron chapters it was like the last like minute the, like I had the, to the prophecy or the the no prophecy, no not that right before that no. like when commander rip she's mm-hmm. like I know what you are and he's like I was just about to tell you say the same thing or something like that I kept like zoning out and I was like what did she say what did she say like so we don't, I don't know don't why know. but I had yeah. to listen to it like three times <laughs> Well, it, not it also confusing. it also makes you think that there, you missed something because yeah. then you never know. You yeah, don't. it did. I, th- I think that was part of it. Like I zoned out for like two seconds and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, back to my comfort read <laughs> where it doesn't matter. 
Um, okay. So anything else you want to chat about before we get into the book portion of the show? We do have an announcement of for our own books. Oh. Or what is the announcement? <laughs> uh, the Raven Queen comes out on February 7th. And um, I we weren't sure if I, I had to put a note in the calendar. to If we're going to have a show before then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or just because we, we weren't even sure if we actually ever really in, like announced it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we did. But anyway, so February 7th, uh, Raven Queen comes out. So yeah. um if you guys have read World After, then you Are ready. know. Uh, well, you guess you don't know what happens next, but I think you know who's going to be in it. So uh, it's the same anyway. main characters of that. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward ten years. Yeah. Um, and then we have um, for those of you who are audiobook listeners, um, that is going to be in production in February, so you won't have to wait too long for that either. So yeah. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. And um, also, we have been doing a big thing of like cover reveals. So if people want to check out our Instagrams, they can Mm -hmm. see those. Yeah, lots of cool covers. So far, it looks like readers really, really like them. I love them. Mm -hmm. I really love them. I love... So like, it's a funny genre and there weren't a lot of people writing in it when we started it. Mm-mm. started writing it i'm not saying in fact we, we didn't even know how to categorize yeah. it or just, no yeah it's like i mean i guess i still call it like post-apocalyptic romance but it really is like <laughs> i don't even know what it is still it's like it, it's almost like dystopian fantasy or or it has some sort. it does have fantastical elements because of the abilities so it can also be considered science fiction but yeah the more it goes like it yeah it could kind of be a little but it was, I think the thing that makes it really, that definitely made it really unique then was that it was female main characters mm-hmm. and it was targeted. We wrote it for um, an audience who likes to read and can really relate to the female main characters, right? Um, which there was not a lot of out mm-hmm. in post-apocalyptic at the time. And I remember we we released it around the same time that Sarah Lyons Fleming released her first, first book. Yep. And they really stood out as like unique, but similar, even though they're nothing alike, but it was like the because same. There wasn't a lot. Yeah. It's because yeah. there wasn't a lot of options. So it was a very small niche. Right yeah. There. But I really feel like the covers, we finally have covers. The previous covers were really great and they fit the post-apocalyptic genre very well. Um, But they didn't show that like, unique feminine quality that the stories have. Um, And I feel like finally we have covers that show the desolate, harsh, like heartbreaking side of it with these kind of like ravaged landscapes and like intense skies. (laughs) And then we also have this really beautiful typography we have this kind of like a ghostly symbol that's really important to the characters in this in the series and i feel like finally we have covers that embody like the, the feeling yeah. of the series yeah which is really exciting yeah i feel like personally <laughs> yeah no so. i agree yeah i agree it's i was thinking today how strange it is now because now my covers because i remember when i started doing the covers we want them to be just like the ending series i know for a i was North. thinking about that i know and so now we have different covers for the ending series and i'm like okay well that is what it is <laughs> you're not gonna go do like a ton more covers well if i didn't have six covers to do i might consider it but i'm not doing that right now it's a project i'm not taking on and yeah. And I mean, I want this to be special for the ending series for a little while because this is for the 10th anniversary and everything. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, definitely but, don't look as cohesive now, but it is what it is. I'm not worried Between the two series. Yeah. But it looks really nice and cohesive between the um, the ending series and the ending legacy, at least yeah. with the font. <laughs> yeah. So yep. I would say I would give like a big high five to the cover designers um for pulling out just like successfully figuring out a way to link the branding for a post-apocalyptic series 
and a fantasy romance series. <laughs> like, well done. High five. Yeah. Pulled it off. <laughs> it only took however many months. Oh my gosh. But... <laughs> yeah. Some of the covers were difficult for, I don't know why. I think maybe it was us. Maybe it was me. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. It's done. But it was how they ended up. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. So well, it's just, it's a lot of covers too. It was like it every is. month we had like to deal with every, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. And problems. I was also doing covers for another series. It was just like a lot of oh, covers. Yeah. My oh, brain was spinning. So anyway, um, anything else? No, we should move on. Okay. Let's do this. Um, I'm going to read the description for guilds and probably make little comments as I read it. I haven't read it yet, so we'll see. First impression. Oh, I already have a comment. I haven't even started reading it. The Fae abandoned this world to us, and the ones with power rule. Don't let me forget Fae. Okay. Gold. (laughs) Gold floors, gold walls, gold furniture, gold clothes. And High Bell, in the castle built into the frozen mountains, everything is made of gold. Even me. King Midas rescued me, dug me out of the slums, and placed me on a pedestal. I'm called his precious, his favored. I'm the woman he gold-touched to show everyone that I belong to him, to show how powerful he is. He gave me protection, and I gave him my heart. And even though I don't leave the confines of the palace, I'm safe. Until war comes to the kingdom. And a deal is struck. Suddenly my trust is broken. My love is challenged. And I realize that everything I thought I knew about Midas might be wrong. Because these bars I'm kept in, no matter how gilded, are still just a cage. But the monsters on the other side make me wish I had never left. The Myth of King Midas Reimagined. This compelling adult fantasy series is as addictive as it is unexpected. With romance, intrigue, and danger, the gilded world of Aurea will grip you from the very first page and then there's some trigger warnings please note this book contains explicit content and darker elements including mature language violence and non-consensual sex i'm going to add in graphic detail it is not Mm -hmm. intended for anyone under 18 years of age this book is one of a series can you read the fey line again uh the fey abandoned this world to us and the ones with power rule Um, my comments about this is I spent like most of the book. I was like, oh, this is so great. There's no Faye. Like I, I'm just like, not, I don't dislike stories with Faye, but it's like, oh my gosh, there's like a glut in the market right now. The fantasy market. It's like all Faye, all pointy ears, all like super hot guys with pointy ears. Like, come on people. Sorry if that's your thing. Not like judging you. I just like love to have a break from it sometimes when I, find something new. And I was so excited, no Faye. And then all of a sudden, Faye, right near the end. It's like, really? So. Well, yeah. Okay. I'll come back to that when we get to questions too. (laughs) We should probably say there's going to be spoilers. (laughs) Oh yes. All the spoilers. There's a twist and I'm going to spoil the crap out of it. So. And also my, probably my predictions for the rest of the series will also be mildly spoilerish based on the fan art that I've seen. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> what format did you read? I l- listened to it. Mm, so did I. I don't know why that took me so long. To- I'm like, wait, what did mm. I do? I listened to it. <laughs> and what did you think of the narration? I didn't love it. I also didn't love it. I listened to it at 1.25, I want to say, speed. Um, I I don't think I've ever listened to a book by this narrator before. And I think she's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. I it's funny because I I thought she did she does really good, I think, character voices for the different characters who come and go, but the main character, like her. It, the way that she speaks, like her cadence and the way that she she kind of leaves question marks at the end of things that shouldn't have question marks. And then it really screwed my head a lot. So there were also a lot of, at least that I heard, 
unusual pronunciations of words or mispronunciations. And I was like, this is weird that nobody yeah. picked up on this during like the proofing of it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So anyway, I was, yeah, really eager to hear what you thought about that. Uh, it's funny because as I was listening, because I know, I feel like I've been so picky with books lately and mm. I feel like Debbie Downer every time I get on here and I like annoy everybody because I don't, everything that you like, I'm like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> eh. And as I was, I was like, I really wanted to like this book because I know there's a bunch of them and I'm not saying I didn't, but mm. like it was really, as I was listening to it, I was also, is it just me? Is Lindsay thinking these same things as she's listening? Am I being Debbie Downer again? Like, so at least I feel a little validated. I, um... And I know we'll talk about this. We'll talk about whether we'll keep reading at the end. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious. I'm excited for this conversation. Um, there were a lot of things that frustrated me about this book. Um, but I overall liked it. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I had read it with my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in speaking with some of my readers, everybody has said that book one is the week weakest book so and that there's like a lot of people who have um almost dnf'd book one but then gone on and like binged the rest of the series and really loved it so i'm like keeping that in mind as yeah we no go through our i know i'm kind of intrigued to see what happens uh mm-hmm. next um but i wanted to say that so andrew gibson did a narration for three of my books he did unbroken did he do the mail the Midas chapter yeah so I so that was one of the things I was interested to see how he did it and so I was like on chapter 15 or something and I I messaged him and I was like why is your name on this like where are your chapters and he's like yeah that's book one he had to think because I did all of them I guess he's like oh yeah I think that's at the it's only at the very end and I was like okay well at least now I know so I'm not just waiting you know yeah but yeah. yeah. Um okay, so what overall did you think of the book? I thought there were some really cool things about it. I overall, I mean, I didn't think it was horrible. I it's hard because there's so much buzz about it. I kind of mm. wanted to like it more than I did, but mm. I mean, like I said, it wasn't I didn't hate it or anything, and I'm not writing off the rest of the series, but um I didn't like love it. So yeah. How about you? I I'm really intrigued and would be curious of because I know there's like a lot of figurative language in it that I noticed listening and I don't notice figurative language as much when I'm listening to a book as I do like reading a book. Um, So I'm really curious if that would have bugged me in reading it um, with my eyeballs. Yeah, Um, lots of analogies. and Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also a lot of repeated words um, like in a things that. I know bug both of us in our own writing mm-hmm. and that we're like hound dogs for it. So it's like, yeah. you just said this two sentences ago. <laughs> so I think that I would have been like, mm, I would have changed that, but not in like a ridiculous way. It's just like common words. Like there was, I remember there was one that was like down and down, down twice in the same ten- sentence. And I was like, they could have removed one of those. <laughs> and I think there was yeah. black twice in the same t- sentence again. And I was like, again, <laughs> so just little nitpicky things, but overall, I think I enjoyed the story and I think the narration made it drag for me a little bit. Um, But there are some major, I don't know, frustration points with this book for me, Um, which are when we talk about things that we didn't like, we can talk about. But overall, I would say um, I enjoyed it. Um, It felt fresh and unique, even though they threw in the fae at the end. It still did feel fresh and unique. Like the powers are different from anything I've read. Like, I mean, we didn't get a lot of the powers. We just know aren't, well, there's the ability to like turn things into gold and to have ribbons coming out of your back. And then whatever rip is. (laughs) Yeah. So I think for me, one of the things that was really that I really struggled with was there wasn't really any world building. Like, I feel like we were just dropped in this world. Like I was trying to figure out, I didn't read the backs or the blurb. So I didn't even know 
that part about the Fae left us this world or whatever the hell no, that first either. line was. So I'm sitting there going, but even then, like even knowing it going into it, like there's still no explanation. Like how, not until the end, near the end of the story, do you even learn how, how certain people or why certain people even have these abilities? Yeah. Because and why the people with the powers are the ones in, the people with magic are the ones in power and why that's so important. There's just, I just feel like there's, I felt like I, it was a big I wouldn't say it's a plot hole because it's not, but it, it, for me, like I needed, if they're going to have, if only some people are going to have superpowers or magic or whatever, I need to know what I need it to be explained to me because otherwise I'm just left with the giant question mark through the whole thing. Wondering, you know, it doesn't, it it just seems like it's been forgotten. It was forgotten to, you know, and they were like, Oh, let's put this in. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it felt. And I'm sure that that wasn't the case, but as a reader, I wanted the, through almost, I felt like through the whole book, I was left wondering and I was like, did I miss it? Did I miss a whole explanation about what, how all of this happened? Or I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, what did you like about the book? Did you have anything that you like favorite things about the book? I really liked um, the snow pirates a lot. I thought they were really fun. I thought the idea was really cool too. Like I could totally imagine um, them like coming out of the snow, like covered in white. Mm. Like you see, like you think a, a trees or like a, I don't know, a mound is like moving or something. And then all of a sudden like a person comes out. I don't know. I thought that whole scene and that world outside of the palace and stuff was kind of cool. I actually wasn't expecting that. I guess, again, I I don't really know what I was expecting reading this, but. I wasn't expecting her to go on like this sort of adventure Mm -hmm. um, and get out of the palace and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of a nice little refreshing. That was refreshing. It was starting to drag in the palace. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um, So I, I did, I liked that. And I thought the, the power thing was cool. Um, But again, not a lot of people had them and I don't know. I just, I feel like if you can touch, if you can touch something and it turns to gold, like, how are you not taking over the world or whatever? Like, how are you just like, take, like, how are you just the king, like the king of like, well, what is it? Kingdom five or four or whatever. Four, six, they're six, sixth, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, so that gets into like the twist, which is that Midas is not the one who can turn stuff to gold. It's Oren, you know? And that's not revealed until the end. I thought that was, I did not suspect that. And I was like, whoa. I mean, I I started to suspect it as she was getting to it. And I was like, that was really well done. I still don't really understand it though. Like how, how is she the one that turns everything to gold? Like, does I think, I think she's an unreliable narrator. So like she may, she, had us believing however the word choice was that raven kennedy used had us believing that might because the rest of the kingdom believes that midas everybody believes that midas has the gold power um and she did i do remember one part where if i had the actual book i would go back and look at this but i remember her talking about how her ribbons came out before she was gold touched but she doesn't specifically say before Midas gold touched her Mm. so I think that it was like her part of her powers developing apparently is the way that I understand it so I'm assuming they're they're gonna explain that a lot more um as it goes on but I thought that was both really cool that she's the one who has the power I thought that made a lot made it make a lot more sense why Midas keeps her in a cage yeah um and I, yeah, I thought because I was like, this is starting to get a little bit silly how this is like played out. Like, why is she so special? Because she has the power. <laughs> so is your is your guess that he has convinced her that he's the one that does it? And she's no, totally... no, I don't think that. Um, But I think that he has her so like, I don't know, Stockholm syndrome or hmm. twisted up in her head that she is willing to do anything for him. I don't know. Yeah. See, I guess that's why I'm just so confused because if he could go and he, 
again, this is like you said, if she's an unreliable narrator, then I guess it makes sense that we would be confused, but that also just makes it seem like it doesn't make sense. But Mm -hmm. so if he can touch something and it turns to gold and she's in a cage, you know what I mean? Like the way they make it sound is like people see him do this. So Mm. if she's in a cage, there's no way that she's like they're somehow influencing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he does it at all. But um, it also makes it make sense why he would want her around always. So like when he goes to Kingdom 4 or 5 or whatever, um, (laughs) he would want them, want her with him. Like he would send for her eventually. He always needs her. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I thought that the twist there was really good. That was, I was like, bravo, captive. I also really am intrigued by Commander Rip, and I have lots of predictions and theories about. I know he's the main love interest. I know that. Um, not Midas gag, thankfully. <clears throat> Did you? I wasn't sure. I feel like the author set it up with essentially all the male characters. She had a special relationship with all of them, and so I was starting to get confused. I wasn't sure. I was like is sale something can happen with sale and then i was like, like does she kind of have yeah well no seriously because she i know they got so like so close on a couple different occasions yeah. i'm sitting there going i don't oh know no and, she, and she's like she's like all about digby because he like saved her life and he asked to he asked to go on the, the not quest but you know the whatever adventure the journey yeah the, the journey and um yeah no i she definitely has kind of a you know, like a I'm so special kind of a vibe, like all the men love her. Um, except for that one guard who was like a total douche. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of like really douchey, maybe this is just like a really misogynistic kingdom or something, but they're like super dickish towards the women, even though they're saddles, which is their word for like royal. And can wars, I just tell you that I don't know why that bothers me so much. Saddles. That that's what they call them. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just call them like concubines or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah, they're yeah. And a lot of unsettling things about the world that was set up. <clears throat> but um what is your take on the queen um like attacking her in her chamber? So that's whatever? one of the things that I really didn't didn't like about the book was the every woman hating Aaron thing. Mm-hmm. I was on um, too. I, I mean, I know that I fell victim to this a lot in my earlier stuff. I mean, it, it shows up in After the Ending. It shows up in Echo in Time. So the first two books in the first two series um, that I wrote or that we wrote, um, the like woman versus woman kind of unnecessary aggression um, but this was like super intense. Like every single woman hates Aaron. And she's in a cage, like just because she's the favored of the king. But like, can they not see? Like, seems really obvious to me that she's a prisoner. She knows she never leaves her cage. Like, yeah. And and some of the guards, some of the male guards, like Sale and Digby, have picked up on this, like that she's a prisoner. You know, even if Oren herself has herself is like all twisted up in her own head and is trying to convince herself that there's something real between her and Midas, there's some of the male guards are able to see that she's a prisoner and it's not a good situation for her. But so why is every woman hating her? Because everybody wants Midas's attention. Like, I don't know. That feels very like icky to me. Yeah. Um. I definitely felt like there was a lot of aggression, female aggression. Um, And I still, Polly, all of them, all the saddles Mm -hmm. or whatever, but even the queen, I feel like that whole scene was for no real reason, unless it's going to come up later. Um, Well, I was assuming that the queen is the one who tipped off the pirates. Oh, that was my thought. Because she was like watching them leave when they left the castle. Um, I will say... Regarding the women, woman versus woman aggression, um, I did really love the development of Rissa's character. And she's the saddle 
um, at the end who is like graphically raped, unnecessarily graphic, um, with Aaron in the room. But then they end up kind of like teaming up and working together to like solve the situation. And Rissa is the one who's kind of like warmed up slowly to Aaron. And I feel like their relationship is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Further on in the series. Yeah. So, and also Digby. I love Digby. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder, because he kind of disappeared, right? I know. So I'm hopefully off page means not dead. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I was pretty sad with Sale. Yeah, that was that was bad. bad for him. So, um, are there any th- other things you loved or disliked? Um, no. I mean, I feel like we've kind of talked about him. I I feel like the world was cool. I feel like it could have been if it was developed a little bit more for me. But you know, I like to develop worlds and stuff, so that's probably just my standards for myself. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it has a lot of potential. So I'm, I, I would be really interested to see what, um, the rest of the series is like in that aspect too. Um, especially cause it looks like we're going to different kingdoms and, you know, so. Yeah. And I don't know why, but for some reason, the way like the kingdom one or first kingdom, I can't remember if they're what what they're called, but the way it was described which again, I can't remember, but it made me think of like Hunger Games <laughs> and the capital and the different districts yeah. and the way they each kind of have their own like thing, their own specialty or whatever it is that they do. Yeah. Um. So that did make me think of that. Um. The other thing I didn't like, which I already talked about a little bit, but was just the, the vivid description of rape was not necessary, but don't feel like that was needed to be on the page. <laughs> Like talking about the thrusting of the rape, like, yeah, that was yeah, it definitely was graphic for a lot of the a lot of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and just just you know, even just the way that people talk to each other and stuff was yes. really a derogatory, yeah, but yeah. Towards women. I don't know. I feel like a lot of well, I don't know. Um, I guess I don't read a lot of really dark romance or fantasy. But he, I feel like even like some of the stuff, what was the one that we read, the hooked one, which was supposed to be like really over the top. And I don't even think it was half as bad as this as yeah. far as that goes. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I guess he, I was a little surprised. Yeah, James and hooked. He definitely still had like some respect for, I don't know. It's like women weren't considered people basically by any man. Yeah. I guess except for Sale and Digby maybe. So, yeah. Um, what did you think about Aaron's character? I feel like she made a lot of silly decisions. Um, I, so the part where Midas tells her, you know, behave and I'm going to, you know, you're going to spend the night with whatever his name is. And I mean, the whole time I knew that that wasn't going to happen. So it's like the fact that there was like how many chapters of her questioning him him. and talking you know about how you know i don't know i just that wasn't that was annoying to me i don't know i feel like that was like a silly that was a silly thing did you buy his like justification for telling her to do that like i was never gonna have you go through with it and like i did it for you like the whole like i don't think he was he would have had her go through with it but i don't necessarily know that he did essentially went to war for her so i don't know that i necessarily believe that i think he i don't think he would have let her go through with it because i do think that he whatever his reasons whether it's because she turns things to gold or uh because he really cares about her she's really his precious whatever um i don't i I do think that you know he wouldn't want to share her with anybody but i don't buy that she's the reason he set this entire series into motion, you know? I will say one, another thing I liked about this is that Aaron is not like some like pristine, pristine, innocent, virginal character. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's this other part too, where she puts Midas on this pedestal, 
but it's funny because she she always says like he sleeps with all these women and he has all these saddles but he's the king so that's the way it is and i'm sitting there going like i understand that she's essentially a slave and a captive but she this kind of maybe goes back to her being an unreliable character because she also is kind of delusional and thinking that like well he's king so he's allowed to do all these things and he is allowed to do them but like she just assumes like they have such a history from before and now she's in a cage. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like But it sounds like from from her references to before, which it's it's all very choppy, it seems like, but like she asked him to like protect her. And I don't know. It seems like she asked for one thing and it has since gotten way out of hand. Yeah, and I think, because she references how she was so tired of being, like, tormented and taken Mm -hmm. advantage of and traded and all, like, being in this horrible situation. So he said he would protect her, and she was so tired of being treated badly that she was willing to do whatever to feel safe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, I definitely think that whatever the agreement was in the beginning or but still, it's like they were actually together before and they yeah. were going like they came into their own together and developed their abilities together and all the stuff. And now she's in a cage like just the whole thing is just very yeah. strange. And it also like. you like worked up to it, this part of their backstory, but like she mentions one time that they like had sex way before. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, I think it was like when he told her he was going to court the the princess or something like that but um it was like she's still like 16 or something and what is he like 25 like yeah, this no is idea, gross yeah. <clears throat> i don't know if i ever really got a feel for her their ages i yeah i guess did she say how long she's been in the cage I 10 mean, years I'm sure she does okay and when she i think when she when he found her she was like 13 or 15 or something like that like yeah. Young. So I'm assuming they'll get more into their backstory. Um, I'm also assuming that Midas is intended to be like a piece of shit because that's how he comes off. <laughs> As like well, an I think abuser. That, I think that he they I think that she's really kind of tiptoeing around his character. Like there's these subtleties that mm-hmm. by the end you're starting to get um more and more and more like yeah. uncomfortable feelings about him. But he's definitely not they she does a really good job of making him not horrible like the rest of them. So yeah. he's almost somebody you would root for. Yeah. Whereas and I think that like you're saying is I think we're gonna see a lot more of what his character really is and it yeah. make it him make him a very dislikable character yes. as, I think as that it comes to light. What she shares with us is also can be seen as a way for Oren to be lying to herself even as she's like withholding information from the audience which was pretty clever for raven kennedy yeah no that's true did so nobody else knew that rip was Faye because of his just because yeah i I mean it seems like everyone i mean he had the mask for a while Mm -hmm. but and she just knows because she has ability. I don't know. So, so then I'm like, does she know that she is? Like, is she like some secret fae princess? Or like, I mean, it. did you ever read Throne of Glass? No. So the main character is for the first book or two or three. I don't know. But she's an, kind of an unreliable narrator in that she's hiding stuff from the reader, um, which is her true identity. Um and so this reminded me of that a little bit in, I mean, not in any way that's been revealed, but just in the way that like, that makes me suspect or wonder mm-hmm. if it's something like that she does know a lot more about herself as well. And she's not telling us that either. So, which is going to be interesting um, if that's the case. Um, we already kind of talked about Midas, but it's just gross, a gross situation. Um, I think, I think that like, if you take a step back and you look down at just like what you are presented with, with their relationship, it's, I think it's intriguing at first for sure. Like, 
I kept trying to figure out, oh, so they knew each other before and now he wasn't even royalty and now he is. So because before he was just a nobody. And so like how I liked getting all the pieces and starting to put it all together. And I thought it was really interesting Um, or at least it was a new kind of a new take on um, just having some. I don't know, just kind of royal intrigue, court intrigue in general. I don't know. It just mm. felt really different. You know, you're not born into it or whatever. Um, I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, it's like the more more you get to know, the more you're like, oh, this isn't just interesting. It's like probably going to get really shady and yeah, gross, disturbing soon. Yeah, And just yeah. the like my whole take on them, which is totally my opinion is or my guessing is that he found her when she was young. People wanted her because of what she could do or something. Um, but he found her when she was young and he decided to capitalize on that. So he convinced her that he loved her and now he's used her to become king. Yeah. And, and we should cage. probably say that. And I think it was the very first chapter that she says that she was in human trafficking or whatever. Like she mm-hmm. was a victim of that. Yeah. So, so she, he, she didn't have like a great life that he stole her from. Yeah. Um, he so. saved her. Yeah, but yeah, I think he's just another, yeah, you know, misogynistic villain, human trafficker, probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, um, what did you think of the ribbons? I don't really get them. I'm like, I think it's an kind of an interesting take, but I'm just also like. So she can wear them as clothes. She can use them as weapons. And so, she- so that listeners understand, she has 24 ribbons. I want to say it's 24. 12 on each side of her spine. They're gold ribbons like the rest of her. She is gold. Um, And they're prehensile. But they're not just prehensile, which is she describes them as prehensile. So they're like um, like a like a. A monkey with a prehensile tail like she has she can wrap it around things she can use it to yeah yeah it's like extra hands for her um they also seem to be sentient (laughs) like they have a mind separate from hers like when she was knocked out in the carriage they're like petting her (laughs) oh i forgot about that yeah so like she's unconscious but her ribbons are not (laughs) oh that is weird i forgot about that so I have weird feelings about them. Now I want to go see all the character art. Yeah. That's why I'm like, this is, I don't know. Maybe it's like, they have, they like have like a tentacly feel to me. I don't know. Like, I just don't know. So um, also regarding her ribbons, though, this really frustrated me was that like she they seemed to be like select. She was selective about when she used them, or mm-hmm. the author was sl- purposely not using them when they could have been used. Yeah, conveniently. Yeah. Um. But there was one moment in particular that drove me insane. Like there was no reason why she wouldn't have used them, which was when the carrot when the pirates attacked and the carriage was overturned, and she woke up and the pirates attack her and sail. And it's just a few pirates attacking them. And she does nothing. Her ribbons do nothing. Well, and then you just said she woke up and they were like petting her. So we yeah. know they were there and yeah, like not like unusable. Yeah. And I don't know. it, But she does risk her own life later. She risks her own life to take down Sail's body when it's tied up against the mast and like f- fend off pirates and all kinds of stuff just to drop his body in the snow so they don't, like, desecrate it further. So she can use them then after the fact, but she can't use them earlier to, like, save their lives. That really annoyed me. Was there a reason why she didn't use them when, like, during the whole rape scene and stuff, too? Oh, they were partially tied up and also, like, exhausted or something? I, like, I don't know. I wrote, I think there were that some they were, scenes when... Because she, she they... did have some of them out. Because there was there were some scenes when she specifically says they were holding or tied back her ribbons or something, but in that one I don't recall. I think she there had was nobody unknotted. In the room, but they, she had unknotted some of them at that point because she used one to make it look like she was tied up, and she used some of them to hoist the captain out the window. So, like, how come she waited so long? <laughs> why? Why? I mean, 
Why doesn't she just use them to like choke people or like, like, I don't know. <laughs> it just, like you said, convenient or convenient lack of use of them. It was that I found extremely frustrating. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't she use it? Like her, she could, I mean, technically you could she be could killed. Choke, technically she could choke like 24 guys at once if she wanted to. Yes. Yes, she could. So yeah, that frustrated me. Um, is there anything else, any other thoughts that you had about the series? No, we swear it's not as bad as we're making it out to be, but no, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, cause I'm going to keep reading it just with my eyeballs, not with the, I'm not going to read the audiobook. So I'm really intrigued and really interested to see where it goes. And I'm really hoping like the rape gets toned down. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to keep reading it, but I'm not saying I won't, but I'll definitely, if you say it's really good or whatever, then I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I think that the thing that is getting me to want to read it is we just met Commander Rip, like, and he's like a very roguish, villainish, like, Mm -hmm. kind of character. And I'm really excited to see where that goes. And I say that he's roguish and villainish. Just like from Aaron's perspective, but he hasn't done anything except for good stuff so far. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not, he's not raping anyone. <laughs> like he's no, in fact, essentially saving all of the Yeah. Every slave, even the horses. Yes. And the soldiers. I mean, yeah. like I get that he's taking them for, to like rub it in Midas's face that he has them, but he especially wants Aaron. So I'm like, does he know? He yeah. but he then he says he knows what she is when she says he knows she knows what he yeah, is. Yeah, I guess so. I'm pretty intrigued about that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, we'll did you see. have <clears throat> did you have any specific casting choices for anyone? My only one is Ben Barnes as commander. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you crack me up i know i love it <laughs> but he it, that's a good one for him the like villainous i mean maybe he's not as muscly but for the villainous love interest can i just tell you that at the airport um you saw ben barnes no <laughs> uh but they were i can't i don't know if we were at a restaurant or what but um the the TV was on and it was Prince Caspian in the sea, whatever sea or whatever. Um, and I've actually never seen that one, but I knew he was Prince Caspian. Um, Young Ben and, and it was so trippy to see him with like feathered, long feathered yeah. hair. And oh my God. So yeah. young. It was awesome. Though. Little baby. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to tell you. I appreciate that. All right. Well verdict is i enjoyed it it was intriguing a little bummed about the say a lot of bums about that now but uh the fae is who's making you want to keep reading i know and i don't think that it's been mentioned that he has pointy ears so maybe it's like different I think the thing that really wears me down about all the fae and all the fantasy books is that they all seem the same it's like, here's another fantasy book with Faye with pointy ears and they're so beautiful and they're strong and like have, you know, ethereal magic. And it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, but I guess if you like Faye, that's why you like those stories, right? Yeah. It's like the werewolves. Or vampires. I mean, they're I always going to, or shifters. Like, it's always the same. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm still getting used to reading fantasy with like elves and all the things i i really like the historical like more historical elements to it um it feels like it it can have magic or whatever but it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around um these like big worlds with all these characters and i don't know or not wrap my mind around but i just i guess i don't get as invested you know i don't know why but i'm learning uh i think this is definitely um the second half of the book was 
pretty interesting to me. So yeah, it definitely um, it has it kind of has a different feel to it than the first half. Yeah, it was a, it was nice once we got out of the castle or palace or whatever they live in. Um, and once like it's like Aaron started to like wake up. I I really hated that she fell back into Midas's arms after all the stuff with King Folk and stuff like that. Like after Midas almost gave her to the like gross, yucky, horrible, horrible King. Yeah. Like against her wishes for a night that then she like forgave him and like slept with him. And I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. But I do feel like finally, now that she's out of the castle, like maybe she's waking up, although it was still annoying. Like she was like, I just want to see, like when she was captured by the pirates, she was saying like, I just want to see Midas again. Like, you know, I wish she'd come rescue me or I don't know. She just has a very like damsel and hero complex in her mind about him. So I'm excited for her. I feel like she is set up from this book. She's set up to have a really amazing character transformation. So I hope that that happens. So I want to find out for sure. Yeah. Well, I definitely think there's a couple of things you mentioned that I hadn't really thought about. So it makes me more excited to see where the story goes for sure. <laughs> so we'll see. Cool. <laughs> Um, okay. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, don't forget to check out the show notes for this, uh, episode's links and book recommendations. And we will be back in a couple weeks to chat about our next adaptation, which is the school for good and evil by, um, I apologize. Um, Soman Shenani. Um, Soman, I'm sorry. <laughs> or however I said your name. It it looks really pretty, but my mouth just can't do it. Um, if you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you left us a rating and or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen that allows for reviews. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading, everyone.